0: to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. My guest today has created a special online space for women who are pregnant or trying to become pregnant over the age of 40. She's been a mom for 18 years, and her youngest is now approaching one-year-old. She's the host of the podcast Pregnancy After 40, and she's here to share her own story and more about her platform. Michelle Johnson, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. So glad to be here today.
0: I will say that a very significant portion of my clientele fit your genre pregnancy over 40. A lot of them having babies for the first time at or after 40 and certainly second third babies. In fact, we could outdo you and we've had several pregnancy after 50. I think it'll be a small listenership, but and maybe not worth its own podcast, but yeah. I suppose over 50 is over 40, so they could just join your platform.
1: They absolutely can. Um, our youngest is 39, but it's 39 and up. We've had women in there up to the age of having babies at least at 48, a couple that I've heard at 49, so yeah.
0: We're going to send you our 50 moms, and by the way, some of them are so fit and healthy, you'd have no idea that they're over 50, and oftentimes they have amazing pregnancies too. So I would love to jump right in and get a little bit more about your background and how you came to be the queen in this space.
1: (laughs) I like to think of myself as the queen in my home, but everyone doesn't think that, but... (laughs) 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 Um, so yeah, so I have three children. I had my first at 25, and she is now 18. And um, I was actually a single parent through that period. Then I got married at 41, and um, we actually conceived um, a couple months before we got married, and delivered my first son with my first son with my husband at 41. And then. Um, had a miscarriage at 42. We uh, wanted my son to have a playmate, so we decided to try again. And again, had uh, got pregnant at 42, miscarried um, about eight weeks in. Oh, wow. And then about a month or two later, we conceived again. And um, had my youngest son, who's now seven months, at 43 yeah. years old. So I started the group shortly after I had my first son at 41. When I got pregnant at 40, I did what all women do. I went on the internet, <laughs> Googled myself into a depression almost because wow. all these statistics, you know, starting at 35, you're considered geriatric, you're considered old. And I really, at that point, I started kind of blogging just to myself. I didn't put it anywhere because I was terrified that I was going to have a miscarriage. And I didn't want to put everything out there and if something happened or I didn't have a healthy baby. So I waited and the pregnancy was definitely different. Then um, when I had my daughter at 25, but a week after my son was born at 41, I was sitting in my room. I was nursing him in one hand. He fell asleep. I had my phone in the other, and I started the pregnancy after 40 Facebook group. Um, then, and we are talk now, about
0: multitasking.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> and we are now two years later. We've got over 5,000 members. A great group of ladies. Um, so they share. Everything. It's really a community for women to come together. Again, we have a lot of who are trying to conceive, thinking about conceiving, who are pregnant, and you know, women who stay after they've had the baby. Um, they share so many different experiences because usually we hear about things like as far as numbers, statistics from our doctors, and not necessarily personal experiences. So women share those things. Um, they learned so much about pregnancy and pregnancy issues just listening to women in the group that I haven't heard of. So things like PCOS, which I didn't experience personally, but I know so much more about now <laughs> um, that affects women, especially when you're older, apparently um, the, that hormone we are, are lacking and it decreases. And so a lot of women talk about what they do um, when they have PCOS or they're not ovulating, how they can become pregnant, progesterone, that hormone, um, how, sorry, that's lacking and how they fix that, whether they take injections, whether they take oral medications. There's big discussions about the NIPT testing for genetic defects. Big discussions. A lot of women, they spot um, early on in their first trimester. Sometimes it is a sign of a miscarriage. Sometimes it isn't. Um, it can be a hemorrhage. So they talk about just a range of things.
0: Well, you have um, personal experience on both sides.
1: Yes. So basically a perfect pregnancy when I was 25, when I turned 40, I I was diagnosed with IUGR, which is actually happens more when you're older. So, which is the intrauterine growth restriction. Mm -hmm. So we were monitored pretty closely because he was ranging in between as far as size, between 8%, 8 and 11% throughout the whole pregnancy. So that was one issue that I had to deal with with him kind of freaked me out because at one point I went in for an ultrasound and they were saying it looks like his brain activity the blood flow through his brain it looked like he was conserving energy and wasn't getting enough Mm nutrients so that was definitely something I had to deal with being 40. Um, I had uh, extreme swelling with him Um, you could kind of like my husband would just like touch my foot you put a dent in it and it would just stay (laughs) like it was just horrible i didn't experience that at all with my daughter but ultimately everything came out okay i was induced i had to be induced right before my due date because he was still measuring small Mm -hmm. so they did induce me a day early on that one but he was born healthy
0: so Um, when you were 25 mm -hmm. i assumed there was no trouble conceiving
1: There was none at all. It was definitely a surprise. I was not expecting, yeah. So, yeah.
0: And just the various stages of pregnancy. I mean, 25 generally. Look, age is, I think, a number... That is one factor in your clinical health profile. Everything else is also a factor. How fit are you? You know, how's your nutrition? Do you get exercise, body mass index, things like that make a big difference as well? Do you have any pre existing issues, conditions, medical conditions? So at 25, you're sort of at peak fertility and generally at peak fitness levels in health. Were you a healthy 25?
1: I was. I was at I my mean, exercise. It wasn't hardcore, but I did exercise several times a week. I was conscious at the time about eating bread and a lot of carbs and junk food. So, yeah, I definitely
0: was at the pinnacle
1: of health.
0: I'm conscious about that all the time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me <laughs> too. <aware>. Sometimes <laughs> my cravings win.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I do it all the time and consciously. It's a different consciousness
1: oh okay <laughs>
0: yeah. i would make a horrible pregnancy person so i mean general healthy 25 year old the trimesters you know did you have the typical trimester things that come up the nausea and vomiting and low energy in the first trimester
1: i didn't i didn't have any morning sickness it was i mean it was a smooth pregnancy i have to say i didn't start showing until i was like seven eight months because you know i had like super strong abs then right <laughs> super strong Also, I didn't show until like later on, I went into labor naturally. It was not medicated, not purposely. I actually had a midwife.
0: Oh, you had a midwife?
1: I didn't have a midwife my first pregnancy.
0: Where Um, were you living?
1: uh, In Atlanta, Atlanta area. Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. So my mindset then was, you know, I didn't know how pregnancy was. I, you know, thought I could kind of like get through the pain, but uh, you know, I said, I'll go through it as far as I can without medication. If I need it, then I'll take it. You know, I try to do things with the least amount of medication intervention as possible. Mm-hmm. So, and that's my reason for going with the midwife.
0: Was it a midwife at a hospital or a birthing center or at home?
1: So, it was at the hospital. Um, my doctor's office that I went to, they had two midwives on staff. Oh. So, the doctors were there just in case something went wrong. I didn't need the doctor in this particular situation, but she was affiliated with an office in the
0: hospital. So you went into labor on your own?
1: I did. I did. Um, it was about 12 hours. Um, about an hour in, I wanted medication. <laughs> um, I went to the hospital. The only reason I didn't get it was because women were coming in who were more dilated than me. Hmm. So they couldn't put me in a room. And then by the time you know they could find a place for me, I had a, had a strong desire to push. And it was time for me to deliver. It was horrible. But the pain was horrible.
0: The now, pain of contractions out. or the pain of pushing or all of the it?
1: The pain of contractions was horrible. Delivery was actually fine. It was about two or three pushes and the baby was out. Wow. So, and that's been the case with all of my deliveries. The, the labors were worse. But my last labor with my youngest son was the best. And the one with the first son was the worst.
0: So, in retrospect, do you wish you would have been able to get medication for the laboring part before pushing?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. it was it was horrible. I was delirious i was I was in a lot of pain, and I felt like I had an out of body experience like I can see myself just like saying crazy things, but and I knew it didn't make sense to the nurses, but um it was pretty painful. Um, I wish i I would have and you know the third time around, I made sure that that happened, and it was the best labor ever after you know knowing and experiencing.
0: And then you went a long time without having any more babies.
1: I did. I did. I didn't think I was gonna have any more.
0: Oh, you thought one and done?
1: I wanted more, but just the situation did not present itself. And then, you know, again I wasn't married. I was like, I'll never do this again. I was a single mother with my daughter. Never again. And then I was forty, approaching forty, and then I was out dating again. So most of the men that I met They either had their children, they were grown or, you know, they were just, they were done, you know, having kids. And then um, I reconnected with my now husband. He was uh, 47. He didn't have any kids and he wanted children. So, you know, when we, you know, were serious, serious, you know, like, well, I told him I'm 40. So I don't know how good my eggs are. And quite frankly, in my head, I thought he was sterile. <laughs> so <laughs> because he was older he was 47, he didn't have any kids. So I was like, well, you know, we can try, you know, we weren't like pushing for it and I wasn't stressing about it.
0: I will just say before we run out to break here, you're a single mother, but you also pursued a career.
1: Yes. So when I was pregnant, got pregnant with my daughter, I just finished my first year of law school. And so since that time I went back when she was about a year old, finished and became an attorney in Georgia when she was about three. Yeah. So I am now an estate planning attorney in Georgia.
0: Wow, so much to juggle law school by itself seems like a lot and single parenting seems like a lot. You know, even before any other babies came along, you really accomplished a lot and I don't know, it's inspiring. I feel like I built a business and a practice and I had kids, but I also had a wife and I don't know how anybody does it without a wife.
1: Yeah, I will say my parents, they were 20 years, almost 20 years younger than they were definitely a big help. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you just kind of do. You know, I remember a lot of people saying, you know, I thought you'd finish law school, but I never thought you'd finish with your daughter with you because we up and left and went to another state. But yeah, you just, you do what you have to do and and you balance and you make it work. You learn though, because I said, I'll never do it again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with Michelle Johnson. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Michelle Johnson, host pregnancy after 40. Okay, so how old were you when you got pregnant with your second?
1: I was 40. I was a couple months away from 41, but I was, I was 40.
0: Yeah, and so it had been a long time. Did it feel like being pregnant for the first time all over again, or did some of it come back to you like riding a bicycle?
1: I remember not one thing. (laughs) It was totally different. Um, When I went to the doctors, they told me, you know, um, usually people say things are different, easier. You show sooner with your second pregnancy. It was not that case with me because it had been so long. And they told me it's been so long since you had a baby. It's like you're having a baby for the first time. Mm -hmm. So the way that my body was.
0: First trimester. First of all, how did you find out?
1: I keep tracking my cycles. And I noticed that I was a couple days late and I was like, okay, I'll give it a few more days. And I took a pregnancy test and it was, it was actually the day before Halloween, I think it was, <laughs> I took a pregnancy test. It was positive. I immediately took another pregnancy test <laughs> 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 to make sure that it was positive. And it was. And I told my husband then, um, I was downstairs and I said, let's go upstairs and to talk to you really quick. I had the stick in my hand and I, was, I gave it to him and I showed it to him. And he was looking at me. He was like, what is this? <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: And I was like, it's positive. And he was just like kind of in shock. But, you know, he gave me a hug and I was like, we're going to have a baby. And he said, I don't have just one child. I have two, meaning my daughter as well. So, you know, we just kind of hugged and we were both excited and happy. I was really nervous. but. Yeah, so he was happy and I was, you know,
0: was both excited. Were you and nervous when you found out? Like did it seem to you like, wow, I am over forty now. This is a different gonna be a different kind of pregnancy, or are you just excited? I was
1: excited and it wasn't until afterwards that I went online and started looking about mm-hmm. being forty and pregnant, and then I got scared. I'd always felt like I was a relatively healthy person and that everything would be okay, but then I just, like, I Google myself to despair.
0: (laughs) And were Um, you uh, now with a doctor or a midwife?
1: Doctors the last two times. They didn't have midwives at the practice that I was going to the last two times, so it was a doctor, the same group that I've been seeing with my general gynecologist. So Mm -hmm. How
0: would you compare the trimesters with this pregnancy now at 40 compared to your first one?
1: So the first, uh, the two in the 40s, about a month after my first son, I spotted. And so I just knew, like, I was going to miss because I didn't spot it all with my daughter. And so it stopped. Yeah, I remember telling my mother. And she was like, well, is this around the time that you normally have your cycles? And I said, yes. And she said, sometimes that happens. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and we literally, it was around Thanksgiving because we were traveling from Florida to back home. And I was just like a wreck because I saw it when I stopped at a rest stop. But it did stop. So that was something that was different with my pregnancy when I was 42, 43 with my youngest son, I bled more by that time I had, I had already had a miscarriage at 42. So with my son, I bled more and found out that was a subchorionic hemorrhage that time. So those were like two differences I didn't experience.
0: Um, how about, you know, the nausea or the fatigue or how your body felt uh, going through the growth and the changes?
1: So the fatigue was definitely there for the over 40 pregnancies, and I don't recall that at all with my pregnancy when I was in my 20s. It was like, yeah, I had to take a nap to function. Luckily, I had my own firm at the time. And I kind of made my own appointments. And so I was able to get naps in (laughs) when I could. (laughs) Luckily, you know, thank God for that. I didn't have that choice. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I didn't have that choice, but I was in my 20s. So yeah, I was working at the law firm, but I wasn't an attorney yet. So I had to go through the whole day. But I, you know, I felt fine. I felt great. I lost weight in my first pregnancy, during the pregnancy. And, you know, these two, I didn't gain much weight, but Yeah, so I didn't, I never really had morning sickness in any of my pregnancies. So, you know, thank God for that. But yeah, the fatigue was definitely there. Um, The bleeding, um, spotting was there for those. The good thing that I will say about having a baby over 40, you know, people can see it different ways, but because you are older, you do have the maternal fetal specialist. And so you're seeing the specialist. And that's actually really comforting because during a regular pregnancy, when you're younger, you have, I think like two ultrasounds. Early on, maybe one mid-pregnancy, and then that's it. When you're older, they're monitoring you all the time, and so you're at least monthly getting an ultrasound. So you can see the progress. They can see if something's going on, which, you know, was the case for both of my pregnancies in my 40s. So, again, with my oldest son, um, I had IUGR. My youngest son, I had gestational diabetes.
0: For the first yeah. time? Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: I'll get to that pregnancy in a second, um, in your older son. So your first pregnancy after 40, how did the delivery compare? Is that where you needed to be induced?
1: Yes. So we were going in just for, um, a non-stress test. And, um, again, the doctor came in, did, they did an ultrasound as well. And they said the baby's still are measuring small, which he'd been doing the whole pregnancy. I was induced, so they said, you know, you probably should induce because, you know, we don't want to risk something going wrong and the placenta basically deteriorating, baby not getting nutrients. So we strongly struggling by inducing you. So we went straight to the hospital. I was not prepared to do that. My 18 year old, she was 16 at the time, my 16 year old was with me, my husband was with me, and we just went to the hospital. They did induce me, and once my water broke, the contraction started, and it was horrible. I was begging for an epidural because I had planned um, to have an epidural based on my last pregnancy. Right. And it took me forever. It just took them forever for them to finally give me the epidural. They did give it to me probably after like six hours. Wow. Once they did, I was okay. The thing was I did get some nausea and I found out it was because my blood pressure was dropping. Oh. Uh, And they didn't tell me like to look out because I, you know, you have the monitors right next to you. They didn't say, well, if your number reaches below, whatever, you know, let us know. And so had I known that I would have looked for it. I saw the numbers going down, but I didn't know what that meant. So my blood pressure was going down. The baby was getting in distress. They did find it. So they had to give me something for my blood pressure to come back up. And after that it was kind of in and out, but I ended up delivering maybe like 14 hours later, but Initially, they gave me, I don't even remember what it was, but they gave you something to take the edge off. And if anyone's listening, the edge does not come off. (laughs) (laughs) They're lying to you. (laughs) It hurts. So, but the epidural was great. It's just, I just did have that side effect of being nauseous and the blood pressure going back.
0: Let me ask you this question. The aftercare, right? All the bending, lifting, holding, feeding, changing. Was that different for you?
1: It was... I'll say this. Um, this is, I don't remember. This I remember. After having my son, um, I was on medication. They were giving pain medication and all that, and I felt really good in the hospital. And I remember when I was being discharged, they said, "You know, do you want a prescription for medication?" And I was like, "Well, no, I feel fine. I'm good." And we went home, and the next day it felt like a twelve tractor trailers <laughs> hit me. <laughs> I was in so much pain afterwards and i didn't really like the nurse didn't say well you know you might feel some pain afterwards the contract she didn't say that she just asked well do you want it and i made a decision based on how i felt at the time and i I said well i'll never do that again the pain was horrible when i got back home but as far as being able to care for my son it was fine they were all vaginal deliveries thank god so no tearing with my son I did actually have tearing with my daughter when I was 25 but none with my either one of my sons so yeah that part was was fine
0: good recoveries
1: good recovery
0: and strong you know newborn care yeah let's do this let's take another break I want to find out about your third pregnancy and more about your platform pregnancy over 40 we'll be right back <laughs> Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Michelle Johnson. So, after your first pregnancy and birth in your 40s, you did it again. Was that a conscious choice?
1: It was. It was. Um, so again, like I said earlier, um, we wanted my son to have a playmate, and we decided that because my daughter, she absolutely hated being an only child. And I didn't want that for my son. And let's face it, me and my husband were old. So, you know, when we get out of bed, like it takes us a couple minutes to get up and, you know, things to stop cracking. And, you know, so I just kind of felt like he needed a playmate to play around with. We just like physically it, it is different. You know, the energy as an adult is, is not there. So, yeah, I was definitely conscious about when my son was eight months. You know, I was like, okay, we just kind of we weren't trying to prevent it. I'm um, About eight months, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a fertility app and start tracking my fertility and next month we'll start trying. And then I started the fertility app. I was on it for about five days. I put in all my cycle dates and it came up. You should take a pregnancy test. Really? <laughs> so I took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant and I was like, wow, amazing. Unfortunately, I did lose that baby about eight weeks. I had my son, um, he contracted a virus. Um, We were actually on our way to vacation when I found out we were pregnant. He contracted a virus. I believe coming back from the airplane, everyone got it. I got it really bad. And I think that actually led to me miscarrying that baby.
0: Sorry, that's never a fun experience.
1: So yeah, but you know, I went through that. I miscarried. Um, I didn't need a dancing or anything. So you
0: passed it on your own.
1: I did pass my own. I went back to the doctor, and the doctor said, you know, you want to try again, and I said yes. And she said, well, wait one cycle, and you can try again. And we waited a cycle, and we tried again. I mean, during that, I put all the dates back into my fertility app, and I knew what days I was fertile and. We made sure that we optimize our chances of conceiving and I did. So a couple of days before my son turned one, I took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant again. And yeah, we're pregnant again for that third time. And the difference with that one was I went in, you know, they give us our um, glucose test early on. I did not pass this time. I didn't have an issue with gestational diabetes with the other two pregnancies, but this one I did. They said I had gestational diabetes. There's an increased chance when you're older, even though I didn't have a history of it before, I did this one. The biggest thing for me with that one was I went to the specialist and, you know, they wanted me to take my sugars three, four times a day. And that specialist early on wanted to put me on metformin. And because my fasting levels were slightly elevated, when I say slightly elevated, they were about 96 to 101, which wasn't extremely high, but you know, they were like, wanna put you on metformin. And I, you know, like I said, I don't like taking medication if I don't have to. And I just really wanted to figure out, like how can I control this on my own? I controlled all the other numbers with diet and we just, had, we really went back and forth about it. And I figured out what worked for me to get my fasting numbers down. I don't even know if I should share this, but I will. <laughs> Uh, um, you know, I read things and I would read, like, I was just trying to figure what I could eat, take a snack at night to help regulate that fasting level. Um, and I remember reading a thread one time and someone said, well, I would have a piece of chocolate at night and my fasting level would be fine in the morning. And I was like, that lady is lying. That cannot be true. <laughs> so after trying everything else, trying cheese at night, yogurt, popcorn, those things not working, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try a little piece of chocolate, bite-sized piece of chocolate that you hand out like during um, Halloween. And I had a piece with the Snickers and the next morning, my fasting level was perfect. Really? And then I did it again. And it was perfect. So
0: So vitamin S was the answer. Snickers.
1: (laughs) Yes. And so that actually worked for me. You know, don't get like a whole bar. Um, (laughs) Definitely the bite size. But, you know, and I'm not saying that's going to work for everyone. It happened to work for me. And so I got that under control. And eventually after a few weeks, the doctors, they said, okay, just, you know, monitor your levels and your numbers. Send them over. and But they did not require um, metformin. So I stopped taking that
0: after a couple days. So metformin being an oral diabetes medication yeah. versus, let's say, insulin. So for the most part, you controlled it with diet, exercise, and a little bit of Snickers.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Don't tell anyone that. <laughs> <Yes.
0: laughs> New plan the a- uh, a- how a- to point. control your gestational diabetes by the Mars company.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: so um, how was uh, the rest of that pregnancy and your preparations for birth?
1: Well, I will say that was the hardest pregnancy physically because of gestational diabetes and having to monitor that. And that was fine. But I actually experienced a good amount of anxiety that pregnancy because I did have the previous miscarriage. I did have the bleeding and the hemorrhage that pregnancy. And, you know, I'm older and now reading more stories of things that can go wrong. It it was I could not wait for that pregnancy to be over because just mentally it was taxing on me. You know, every time I went to the restroom, I would always wipe and just look to see if there's blood. I was just terrified the whole pregnancy. And at this point, so we have a couple thousand members in the Facebook group. And so you constantly see stories, you see um, success stories, you see births, but you also see losses. And one that just really affected me um, was a young lady in the group and she made it to 39 weeks she lost her baby and it just terrified me. And so yeah, it, was, it was hard emotionally. And um, I went to the doctor, went to the hospital about two times before I actually went into labor because I didn't feel the baby move and I was paranoid that something was wrong. And I think you know, maybe that comes with having a previous miscarriage, but you know, I know I'm not alone because women talk about it all the time in the group, you know, feeling the same way and they, you know, you're definitely not alone because you know your chance of getting pregnant and conceived in your 40s, has decreased. And so you really want these to be successful.
0: Was this baby, your third baby, also growing on the smaller side?
1: No, he was way bigger. He was always in the 90th percentile. Oh, so you don't have to
0: worry about that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, it it was amazing to see how different the pregnancies were. You have the other one being really small and this one being really big. And so I was scheduled to be induced for him because he was too big.
0: For the opposite reason.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, yes. But this time I, you know, made it very clear what I wanted my birth plan to be. And that was all medication. Like all pain medication. <laughs> and I made it very, very clear. Um we, we went in a Monday morning.
0: Like to meet you at the parking lot with an epidural.
1: Well I asked him for it like two weeks before, but <laughs> <laughs> They wouldn't give it to me, but that's okay. But when I got in, they, you know, started the process and my nurse, you know, asked me, they had the monitors on. She said, you know, you're starting to contract after about three or four hours. She said, do you want the medication now? And I wasn't in pain. I kind of felt some a little bit. And I was like, I think I can wait. She was like, well, no, you can have it now. You won't feel anything. And I was like, you know what? Hit me. Just, you know, give me that fentanyl." I took it, and it was great. Like, I was playing, like, Candy Crush on my phone during the contractions. I'm, like, sending messages, doing videos. So it was great. My water did not break, though, at that time. So the doctor had to come in and break my water, and I wasn't dilating fast enough. So they gave me Pitocin for that one. Um, The Pitocin actually started to put the baby in distress, so they had to tone it down some. And then we got to the point where the epidural was starting to wear off. So they asked me like, Hey, you know, do you want some more? And I was like, uh, I'm not sure. And you know, my nurse again, well, you want this pain-free as painless as possible. And I said, okay, well, give it to me. She did. And that probably that time was not the best thing to do because then I was dilated <laughs> 10 centimeters and they were like, okay, let's push. And I'm like, push what? Because I can't feel a thing. <laughs> Below my navel. So nothing is going on here. So, yeah, we had to wait like another hour or two so I can feel something. And I pushed him out. And again, about three pushes and he was out. Um, So that part was fine. But that was it was absolutely the best delivery because I didn't feel much at all. It was great. You know, they check his sugar when he was first born, he was a little low. I nursed him and it came back up. So he didn't have to go to the NICU. He was able to stay oh, well.
0: Just a little Snickers mm-hmm. milk.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, you talked about people in your group who are in their later forties. Are you done now or is there still possibility of another one for you?
1: So I'm still nursing. It's possible. And I say it's possible because I am on a Oral contraceptive now,
0: a low dose,
1: a low dose. Yeah. So they tell me it's possible. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm on now. You know, honestly, at this age, it sounds so crazy. I don't mind having another baby. I just don't want to be pregnant again. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's, that's the thing. But you know, I literally have been pregnant or nursing since I've turned 40. So 40, 41, 42, 43, like I've been giving my body to another human being. And I do want that back.
0: That seems fair.
1: Yeah right <laughs> let's
0: talk a little bit about your platform so you have a podcast yes and what kind of episodes do you do who are, do you have guests yes
1: yeah, so basically the women that are in the group the pregnancy after 40 private group after they've had babies i kind of track some of them or you know they make announcements in the group and i'll ask them if they want to come on and so they're my guests Mm-hmm. Um, so they join the group while they're pregnant or trying to conceive and they've actually had babies. And so they're able to share their stories. Usually each one has some sort of issue. Usually it's an issue that I never had. And so they're able to share that story and that, that journey with our other listeners.
0: Yeah. And then on the social media, you have a platform where everyone's connected, like a community.
1: Um, so we have the group itself. So that's the, the group. So it's got about 5,000 members now um we have a website as well where we have articles you know from the perspective of being over 40 and having a baby so yeah our biggest thing is the facebook group though
0: but i mean that's peer support is kind of amazing especially when you're in a niche group you know i have this awkward thing that i was born with called uh, prosopagnosia i have no face recognition and nobody can really relate to it except other people have it so when you get on the groups and all of a sudden everybody's life is so similar to yours and you know they have little hacks and things that you can use to get past awkward situations so I assume it's similar to that in pregnancy over 40. It is different. It's different than being pregnant at 25 as you live through. And, you know, it's maybe not quite as different, for example, as having multiples. We did an episode on twins and triplets and, you know, pretty much all the advice that you get for singleton babies is totally different than the advice like how you feed them and how you sleep them and things like that. It's totally different for multiples. And I think there's a lot of that when it comes to pregnancy over forty. I think there's also a tremendous amount of fear mongering and and you know, like I said earlier, you know, being over forty is just one sliver of your clinical health profile. And you can be very, very healthy. And there are certain specific things you have to keep an eye out for. But outside of that, you can have the most amazing pregnancies and deliveries. So I think it's great that you've put together peer support, a community where people can come together and be surrounded by other people going through the same things and get advice. Like who would have known the the Snickers nibble? (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: I'm going to try that tonight.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You're trying
0: to get pregnant. Maybe, maybe that'll fix all my, (laughs) my, my health ailments. Uh, the little Snickers at nighttime.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the group is great. You know, I was reading a feed today. Like one of the things that, you know, other younger women can't relate to is this one young lady was saying, Hey, you know, like I can't even share this on my personal page or tell my friends, my friends are having grandchildren and they think I'm crazy mm. for having, you know, a baby at this age or, you know, a lot of times family and friends are just not supportive of, you know, a person having a baby in their forties. So, but in this group, everyone is supporting you that's really know. cool that's
0: okay. yeah i actually see people sometimes they'll have a bunch of kids like nine ten kids and they will be pregnant at the same time as their daughter is pregnant yeah
1: that's so crazy. they have yeah. a,
0: a child and a grandchild in the same year same month sometimes
1: mm-hmm. pretty funny yeah, that, that was my mom my mom and my grandmother were pregnant at the same
0: time uh, so that sets you up for the situation where your aunt or uncle is younger than you
1: yeah, I don't call her aunt. <laughs> I can see her as a cousin. So yeah,
0: she's,
1: she's the same age as my brother. Yeah.
0: Uh, Michelle, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your personal stories and also for the work that you do. I think it's really important. Where can we find you online?
1: So the website is pregnancyafter 40com That's P-O-R-T-Y, so you actually spell out 40. So you can also access the podcast from the website. And the Facebook group is Pregnancy After 40 Private Group. On Facebook.
0: And again, you're spelling out 40. Amazing. Thanks again for being with us. And at home, thanks for listening to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, visit us on Instagram at Dr. Berlin, D O C T O R B E R L I N. Instagram, we'll see you there at Dr. Berlin. I got it.